Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. God sees everything that you do. He sees it all. And there comes a point in every Christian's faith, assuming you believe in Jesus, where God, what God gives you has to be enough. Because there's gonna be a day in which your spouse ain't gonna love you that well. Your kids aren't gonna love you that well. Your parent isn't gonna love you that way well. And whose love are you gonna turn into? Well, you got God. You've gotta turn into Him, it has to be enough. And the same is true for often the good deeds that we perform. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. In the same way that Jesus' purpose was a life of service, so was our life meant to be characterized by service as well. We are called to place others' needs, interests, and wants ahead of our own, but that can be hard to do. We wonder if our service is making a difference. We wonder if anyone cares that we are serving and we wonder if we have enough energy to keep serving. Those are just a few of the reasons why serving others can be difficult to do, but God still calls us to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. In today's sermon, Pastor Philip is going to encourage us to do just that as we embrace a life of service. Please enjoy the message. They came to church, many of them, and they didn't believe in Jesus, or maybe they were just retrying church for whatever reason, they'd been checked out for a while, or they, were, uh, they believed in Jesus, but they really weren't all that serious about their faith quite yet, and they talk about how someone served them. All of those names, nearly every one of them has that story. Someone cared for me. Someone talked to me. Someone spent some time with me. They served me. They served my kids. And because of that, I'm where I'm at now, and those people all say, I want to make sure what happened to me can happen to somebody else. And that's an incredible, incredible story and attitude to have. I'll also say there's another common sentiment that I hear, and that's what the message today is about. And this is the sentiment that I often hear. I am tired of serving. <laughs> I am worn out. And it's, it's often this phrase that I hear that gets connected to people being maybe worn out because they've been just doing it for a really, really long time and they haven't seen a lot of fruit from their labor. Somebody might say this phrase if they see what somebody else is doing, which isn't all that much, and then they see what they're doing, and they know what they're doing is a whole, whole lot, and they get angry because, you know, they're not quite equally yoked in their work that they are each, both of them, doing. They, maybe it's because they haven't been appreciated for the work that they have done. And so, for one reason or another, maybe it's multiple reasons, maybe they've had other responsibilities added to their life, and their life is still really busy, and, and so as all of those things get worked together, there just isn't time, and so now they're just tired. And maybe some of you are feeling a bit of that right now. And if you were to be asked, you know, how are you doing right now with serving, you would say, I am tired of serving. Well, friends, it's not just a 21st century problem that you would have if that is you. It was very much a first century problem as well. 
And many of the letters that were written in the New Testament were written to groups of people who were struggling to stay vibrant in their faith. They, they were wondering if these seeds they were planting were ever going to produce anything. They were wondering if what they were doing was really worth it. When they evaluated how much they were doing compared to how much others were doing, it just wasn't even. They just didn't feel appreciated And as a result of that, they were losing some of the vibrancy of their faith. They just didn't know if it was worth being good for Jesus. Biblical scholar David De Silva says it this way, the early fervor of these Christians has cooled off and they have not become mature in their faith. They're in seemingly spiritual danger. This is one of the primary reasons that the book of Hebrews is written. This is one of the secondary reasons that the letter of of Galatians was written. Because there are Christians there that are thinking about giving up. There are Christians that are wondering if being good, if serving, if caring for others is really worth it. And that's why the Apostle Paul wrote these words in Galatians 6. Let us not become weary in doing good. Because there is a tendency to get weary, to be tired of serving, of being tired of doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. There's a simple principle that this verse teaches us. And the principle is this. There is always, always a delay between sowing and reaping. There is a gap between when you put that seed into the ground and that seed becomes something that you can actually see. How many of you here have a garden in your yard? Yeah, a lot of you. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. If you're online, give us a shout out if you've got a garden as well. Drop it in the comments section there. Yeah, we've got, we've got a small bed of, of, of garden. We've got a small bed of vegetables in our backyard as well. And, and we've got uh, something like this. It's, it's not, this isn't my yard. It's not quite that big. But we've got, we've got a lot of cucumber in our yard. Looks a little bit like this. We got some zucchini. We got um, some spinach. By far, though, this is the year of cucumbers. We can't even keep up with all the cucumbers. There's so many of them. It's incredible what's going on with cucumbers. Anyway, but, we, but when we all went out there as a family and we planted those seeds in the garden bed, we, we obviously bury the seed into the dirt. And then the, the next day, the kids are super excited. They want to see if something's happened. So they run out, they wake up in the morning and they ran out to see that. And what did they find? Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing there. There's absolutely zero. There was zero to be seen. Nothing. But just because you don't see something, that doesn't mean that there isn't something happening. Often we get so worn out and tired of serving because we just don't realize that there is something happening even though we can't quite see that something. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. 
because it is here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com for more information. Now let's get back to our program. When I was a freshman in college, there was a guy across the hallway from me in our dorm named Matt. And Matt was a legit Christian. I was, about, I was so far from being a Christian, but Matt was legit. He, I mean, he, he just lived the life. He said all the right things. He read his Bible. He prayed. He went to church. Um, I mean, you know, he wasn't running around with girls. He wasn't drinking too much. He wasn't into drugs. I mean, if you just looked at the outside of him, he was, he was like right in line. And then you get to know his heart, and his heart was even better. There were so many times where Matt would say something to me about Jesus. Talk about how Jesus changed his life. Tell me about the, the lessons that God was teaching him. He would invite me and others of us to these small church gatherings that would take place during the week that he would always go to. And we would go to those things. And I never one time responded to any of that at any of those gatherings I went to. And if anything, I was just trying to be polite to Matt when he would share those things with me. But what I didn't realize, maybe he did, was that there was something happening in me even though I couldn't see that something actually happening. And Matt never gave up. And maybe, maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you don't realize the good that's going on because you're just not seeing it yet. But again, what he tells us is this, and I'll read it to you again. Don't become weary in doing good for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. But there is always a delay between sowing and reaping. And he goes on. Therefore, as we have, prop, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. The family of believers would be the essence of this church. And, and it's as we have opportunity, as you see opportunity, as you see a chance to do good, as you see a chance to help someone else, as you see a chance to give that, that hand out, even the hand up, whatever you've got going on, as you see those opportunities, you take advantage of them. And the lesson we learn here is to make the most of service opportunities. Don't, don't resent them. Don't be aggravated by them. Don't get frustrated about them. Don't ignore them. Don't pretend like you see them. Make the most of service opportunities. Do you know what an optometrist is? What's an optometrist? Eye doctor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eye doctor. Optometrists have noticed a phenomenon in New York City that is very unique to New York City, especially as it relates to other parts of the, of the country, is that there is a significantly higher percentage chance of nearsightedness in New York City than anywhere else in America, like multiple times over. And why is that? It's because of the big buildings. You, you can't see far distances, and so people develop this tendency to have nearsightedness because they don't have to see into far distances. And so they just adjust to their environment. They can't really see well beyond that. 
And I wonder if there's a part of us that has a bit of a spiritual nearsightedness. It's not because of tall buildings. I might say it's because we have tall issues, tall problems, tall anxieties, tall uh, ambitions, tall worries. We have these tall things in our lives that have blinded us to seeing those opportunities that are right before us. We're so caught up in the things that are in our life that we don't realize how we can reach into somebody else's life and be a blessing to them. Jesus tells a story about this. It's called the Good Samaritan. You probably know it. Let's reread it, though. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. And then another man came by, and he passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense that you may have. And, and so there's two religious people, a Levite and a priest, who come, who come, upon, uh, who come upon what's going on. Uh, this man has been robbed. He's been left there. And as they come upon him, they decide not to do anything. It'd be like the equivalent of a, of a Baptist and maybe some non-denominational church member. But two Christians come upon somebody who's hurting and they decide not to do anything. And then a Mormon, or let me say this, a Muslim comes upon that same person and decides to do something. That's the lesson. That's what Jesus is teaching us, that we have to take advantage of these opportunities that we see. And there's a woman in our church. She called the church here and talked to me a few weeks ago. Um, her name is Liz Kins, Kins, Kinsey, Kinsley. And she um, said that in Roxborough, there was a family, a mother, a son, and a dog, who were trying to get to New Mexico, but they had no place to stay. And she was asking what her options were. And I said, you know what? I said, honestly, there's not many of them because they've got that dog. If you've got a dog, you're not going to get in a shelter and you're going to have a hard time getting into a hotel. And I said, I don't, I don't really know what the options are to get her shelter here. But if she's trying to get down south, I mean, we can figure, try to figure out something. So he sent some messages and, and called some different people. And eventually she went around to some other places. And, it, and inevitably it just came back to... If this family was going to get south any further than they were, Liz and her husband Bob were going to have to do it. And so they loaded up their stuff in a trailer, and then the family hopped in the back of his truck, and then from there they went on down, they got him to Monument. And then from there they were able to make some other arrangements and continue to head south. My point is, there was probably 100 people that walked by them. But Liz saw an opportunity to do something about what was going on in these people's lives. Don't become spiritually nearsighted so much by your worries and your anxieties that you aren't willing to help take advantage of these opportunities that are before you. And then Hebrews tells us this, For God is not unjust to overlook your work, <clears throat> 
and the love that you have shown for his name and serving the saints as you still do. This is important because God is not in just to overlook your work, overlook your good deeds. Don't you feel like that though? Don't you feel like stuff gets overlooked, stuff doesn't get seen, what you're doing isn't appreciated? When you feel that way, you are going to get exhausted by what you do. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the gift tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designate a gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 10.30 a.m., if you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. A scenario that often plays out or did play out more so in my home in the past years was uh, we would have children waking up in the middle of the night. Maybe you still have a little bit of this going on. And so what would happen is, is that the littlest one would wake up and you have to go in, change the child's diaper, feed them, rock them, get them back to sleep. And so often, you know, my wife and I would trade off, and, and so often I would get up and I would do just that. And after about 45 minutes, I would get this baby back to sleep, lay the baby down. And then another child would wake up like five minutes later. And I'm like, oh man, I, I was just about to get back to sleep, but now we've got a choice. Do I kick my wife and say, hey, it's your turn, this is your shift? Or do I do it myself? Well, being the good Christian man that I am, you know, sometimes I would just do it myself. I'd get up and go get the other child and take care of him or her for 45 minutes or so, finally get them back to sleep. And at that point, I'm wide awake. And then you put in another hour just trying to get yourself back to sleep, to sleep for a few hours. And I would do that. And so then, and then sure enough, kids wake up a couple hours later, they wake me up, and then I go down and make them breakfast. And so I've been up with two kids in the middle of the night. I had to put in another hour, and then I'm making them breakfast. And my wife walks down the steps. And within, I mean, she, her feet, and this happened numerous times, within five seconds of her feet hitting the first floor and I seeing her, I'm immediately telling her what I did. Because I have to get recognition for it. If I would have waited 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes, she would, have done, she would have said, good job, that was great, appreciate you helping me, appreciate you allowing me to sleep, all of that stuff. If I would have just given her a little bit of time, but I couldn't do it. I had to get some recognition. I had to let her know what I was doing. Um, and she's awesome. There's so much that she does that I don't even recognize, that I don't appreciate the sacrifices that she makes. And here's the thing again is there's a part of us that struggles with being overlooked. But if you're living for recognition, if people's encouragement of the good that you do is what keeps you going, you're not going to go very far. You're going to have a tough time keeping on going. And then our text says here in Proverbs 15, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil, so that's encouraging, and the good. 
In other words, that God always sees what you do. These are basic principles to keep us going, to keep us working through the fatigue. But there's one thing that will always help you to do it. One heart principle that you got to hang on to, and that's this. If you want to know how you work through the fatigue of serving, because for Jesus it was a way of life, it needs to be a way of life for us, is you have to cultivate a Jesus heart. Now what in the world does that mean? That means that often Jesus would be in a place where he was frustrated, where he was tired, and yet he would still need to serve people. When he was often at his lowest, people wanted the most from him. Even when he was grieving, the loss of his cousin, John the Baptist, people still expected something from him. Look at this text. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. He's grieving. Hearing of this, the crowds then followed him on foot from the towns When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. He's grieving, he's hurting, he's tired, and yet people still wanted him to serve them. And it was often in these lowest moments that Jesus did his greatest work. What we have to be so careful of is that when we go through hurt and frustration and pain, there's a tendency of ours to get numb, numb to it. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You had a hard childhood, and so you just get numb to pain. But what you have to realize and and recognize is that often that becoming numb not only takes away the hurt, but it also keeps you from experiencing the joy and the compassion that you need to have for others. And Jesus modeled for us, exemplified for us, made it available to us to have a heart that can experience hurt and frustration and fatigue, but when there is a need, we can also go out and meet it. It's like this picture. There's a man who ran in this race. It was an ultra marathon in the Sahara Desert. His name was Joe Lee. And Joe's wife, Allison, died of cancer. And so as a way for him to grieve and work through that process, He ran in this race, and he shared of how difficult it was, how hard it was, how the conditions were so awful that his shoes actually exploded from the heat, and he ended up running most of the race barefoot. At the end of the race, a reporter asked him, how did you get through it? And he said, I focused my my attention, I fixed my eyes, you might say, on Allison, his wife. And he said, no matter how hard it was to take that next step, it was nothing compared to what she went through. If you want to work through the fatigue, if you want to have that kind of a heart, in a similar way, the Bible tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus. And as we focus on him and what it is that he went through for each and every one of us, we can begin to cultivate this heart where in one moment there is frustration But then in the next moment, we can still have compassion and love and care. You can have a hard day at work, and then you go home, and your kids are pulling on you, and you're not going to transfer that frustration over to them. You're going to love them. You can be having a tough time with the boss, but then, you know what, you're not going to take that out on your spouse. You may be having a hard time with your spouse. You're not going to take that out on your kids because you've got that kind of heart that won't keep you from doing it. And the same is true when it comes to serving. 
and doing what it is that God would have to do, have you to do for your life, to live out that purpose. And so having said all of that, I want to point to you opportunities to plug in and to serve here at this church for this family of believers. They are in our lobby area. You can talk to one of the ministry leaders after the service, and they'd be happy to tell you a little bit about what's happening here at the church and how you can plug in. Fatigue is a real thing, but it's not always a reason not to serve. Often, it's that service that will even help you to get through the fatigue. So as we consider Jesus, think of the one who was on the cross and in one moment he's saying, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then the next moment he's saying, forgive them for they know what the, for they know not what they're doing. That's the kind of heart he had. And let's have the same kind of heart. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful for what you've done for us in Jesus. And Father, I don't know where everybody's heart's at, but I do know there's some that are tired. I know there's some that are hard. And I just pray you'd break that stone away from their heart. I pray, I pray, God, that their hearts would be softened to what you would have to say to them. And God, if there's opportunities to serve that you are leading them to, please do so. And we again come before you and we thank you for how you have served us. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the gift tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.